Pine Discover. Well, that's a deal. $35 billion, children. See, see, the, the, the words you're looking for is, wow, I'm really not working hard enough. Tony Katz, 93 WIBC. Good morning. Good to be with you. We knew we would see some levels of consolidation. We've talked about this before. These things are not surprising. Um, Capital One is massive. What's interesting is that this is going to be an all-stock deal as described. Discover shareholders, Wall Street Journal reporting, are going to get a little over a share for every Discover share. It's a premium of about 27% on the Discover closing price. And after the deal closes, Capital One is going to hold about 60% of the combined company. Discover shareholders will own the rest. I only am curious as to if there's going to be some level of pushback. I'm assuming everything goes through a level of federal regulation because of consolidation, therefore not enough competition. But would one consider competition between Visa and Discover? And yes, this is Capital One, I understand, but it's also a major credit card issuer, the ninth largest bank in the country, and they use Visa and MasterCard for most of this work. Not everything is going to switch to Discover. They're still going to keep Visa and MasterCard, which is going to lead to another series of questions about acceptance. Does Capital One now take all of its people and say, all right, we now utilize this network. And does Visa want to work with Capital One if they own a different network? Um, I assume they've figured this part out. I'm just curious as a guy who has a Capital One card. By the way, you know what I don't own? I don't own an American Express card. And I'm told by everybody who owns an American Express card, I should own an American Express card. I did back in the day. Then all the credit went to all bloody hell. And then, you know, over the years, I've rebuilt everything back up. And I have one family credit card. I have one business credit card. And I'm done. That's it. I pay everything off at the end of the month. That is it. That's how I roll. There is zero debt in my life. I think I should get an Amex. Like, I, I could get the Platinum. I'm fancy. I'm not going to have the Amex Black, but I, I, I could get the Platinum. Do I even want the Platinum? They have one that's plum. It's a very pretty color. Maybe that's... I mean, you should get credit cards based on whether or not they're attractive. I don't know. If you use an Amex card, let me know. I think this deal is interesting. And uh, there's a report out that red states are growing faster than blue states. Because, of course, everything has to be ranked via red and blue. If you take a look, take a look at the analytics. Idaho, Texas, South Carolina, and Utah, four of the five fastest growing states. The fifth, Wisconsin, that went to Biden. Everything else went to Trump. 13 states with better than average performance. In the metrics of job growth, personal income, gross domestic product, gas prices, nine of those 13 are states that Trump won in 2020. 
Is there is there a reason? Is there a mathematics, a rationale why red states do better? And if so, why wouldn't people emulate it? Well, it, 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 it's it's party over reality, party over country. That that's always seems to be the case. Or there's a different series of indicators that people look to and they value. Like for example. Oh, yeah, sure, Uh, those states might be doing better economically, but we've got unfettered abortion up to the moment of birth and even three months after. Huh? You see what I mean? Tony Katz, that's me, by the way. How you doing, everybody? 93 WIBC, good morning. For Israel. Tony Katz. 93 WIBC. Good morning. There we go. See, that's how I'm supposed to sound. That's that's how God intended it. Uh, I leave a week from tomorrow. And we will... Uh, the conversation about whether we're broadcasting from, from Israel, this I, I can't guarantee, but we will have the dispatches. We've got... Uh, a, a series of interviews already set up in, in places that we're going to be. I don't want to uh, say too much right now, but we're going to be reporting back and, and throughout the morning show, throughout Tony Katz today, uh, which is noon to three. We'll be having the uh, it'll be me in, in these dispatches from from Israel and, and meeting with with people who are, are living the experience uh, of all stripes. We're, we're, we're trying to get. With everybody, we we put out the feelers, and we're and we're still doing it. Also, uh, I would ask you if you have relatives, relations, uh, Indiana people in Israel. I would like to know who they are. I'd like to see if I can connect. Have they been there, and, and what have they been experiencing? I'd like to, I'd I'd like to, c- to connect with them. Uh, there is uh, a, a interesting back and forth going on right now in the Democratic Party regarding Israel. And and it has to do with the fact that, as you know, because you've said it to me nine billion times, why are Jews liberals? And I respond to you with, I don't know. I mean, there's a whole host of, of philosophies and theories about you know, fear of the cross and and rooting for the underdog and and how uh, people came to the country in the uh, the 30s and 40s and 50s and and and, and there, there's a multiplicity of of conversations there. But I think wrongly, uh, my people, my people uh, have uh, allowed themselves to gravitate uh, to a party uh, that isn't uh, about the nation is is about a, a radicalness and an ideology. And if you say to me, well, Tony, the Republicans, I'll say to you, settle down. There is a difference between the parties and the people who want to say it's just a uniparty. I laugh at those people. That's 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 low minded stuff. In the conversation regarding Israel, there seem to be uh, two camps. One camp says, hey, maybe Israel shouldn't be wiped off the map. The other camp says, why hasn't Israel already been wiped off the map? This was um, two different people, both on CNN. The first one was a guest who, after listening to this clip from Rashida Tlaib, 
where uh, she, the congresswoman from Michigan, the Jew-hating bigot that she is, uh, is urging people to withhold support from Joe Biden. He, uh, Jamal Simmons is his name, is making an argument about a primary challenge. I don't know if that's true, but listen. It is also important to create a voting block, something that is a bullhorn to say enough is enough. We don't want a country that supports wars and bombs and destruction. If you want us to be louder, then come here and vote uncommitted. What do you make of that? You know, it's a mixed bag. I was on the phone with a couple of folks from Detroit in the last day or two, which is where I'm from. Um, one person who I was surprised said he thought about voting uncommitted because he really was concerned about what's happening in Gaza. But then I also talked to someone and I found out, I guess I'm going to say this here for the first time. I think that Congresswoman Tlaib is going to get a primary challenge. I'm hearing very strong rumblings, and it may be from uh, a gentleman from Detroit. I can't say the name yet, but I do think she, she may get a primary challenge almost because of how stridently she's been doing this. So people are all over the map. It's dividing democratic communities. And I think the president is going to have to go in hard and really knit people back together. Hmm. Well, that's interesting. Caitlin Collins is the worst. I am so tickled by that ending where she just shrugs her shoulders and goes, huh, people back together. Hmm. Well, that's interesting. You, you sound... You sound like it's super interesting. But this idea that Rashida Tlaib in that area of Michigan will get a primary challenge. That is said on the same network that has former Representative Andy Levin, Democrat, on on their network. And he is going in a much different direction. Here's the situation. Joe Biden must win in November. We cannot let Donald Trump anywhere near the White House again. To win in November, Joe Biden pretty much has to win Michigan. Unless Joe Biden changes course on Gaza, I don't see how he can win Michigan. So the best way for me to help uh, President Biden is to help all these people who are so frustrated You know, the danger on February 27th is not that they're going to vote for someone else. They're going to stay home, Brianna. They're checked out of the system. They're so mad at the president. So and, and, you know, you mentioned Representative Tlaib before her 30 elected officials in Michigan had uh, already supported this campaign. And so what we're saying to all these people, if you're mad, if you're upset, don't stay home. Come out and express yourself. It's over eight months until the election in November, Brianna. There's plenty of time. We need to say to the president, this is enough death, enough destruction. Gaza is being leveled. So never mind that that he then has the audacity to talk about, you know, his people. Uh, Allow me to say for the record, I am not Representative Levin's people at all. Interesting that we're hearing these two things. Tlaib is saying, stay home. Don't support Biden. Levin is saying, get out there. And we have to show support for Biden. But in order to do that, Biden has to change course. Then you've got other people saying that Tlaib's going to get a primary challenge. Now, I support the primary challenge. But what is Joe Biden doing? 
As has been reported, there is going to be a push at the UN Security Council today to push for a ceasefire. A U.S.-led ceasefire. There's one that they're going to discuss that the United States uh, supposedly is going to vote against. And then they're going to push for their own. How dare Israel think about going into Rafah? How dare they displace more people? Still no call for Hamas to surrender. Still no call for Hamas to give up the hostages. Still no call. As a matter of fact, Egypt in the Sinai is now building walls to keep refugees from getting out and heading their way. A giant like three-sided wall to keep them if they if they should go through the gate to not be able to go anywhere. No push to get Hamas to stop. Instead, the United States is going to move towards pushing for a ceasefire which prevents Israel from defending itself. So it seems that uh, that Joe Biden may have already made his decision about how he's going to go. Really needing that Michigan vote. And the people of Michigan now have to ask themselves, hey, who actually controls this state? I really had no plans of commenting about Kristen Stewart because I can't imagine anybody cares about Kristen Stewart. The actress, Twilight. Team Jacob, no. Yes? No one? Tony Katz, 93 WIBC. Good morning. There's been a... a, a, It's not a dust-up. People trying to make something of her Rolling Stone cover. She does the cover of Rolling Stone, and she's supposed to be, I don't know, shocking. Shocking, I tell you! She is wearing a... uh, I don't see, this is a weird one. I'm not sure that I'm allowed to say it on radio. It doesn't make any sense because there's nothing dirty about it. There's no, there's, there's no seven letters. Uh, it's, it's not underwear. It's what guys would wear and then they would put a cup in to protect uh, the, the, them, themselves from being kicked uh, in, in, a, in a sensitive area. I don't know why I can't, I think I shouldn't say that, but something's like in the back of my head is like, don't, don't do it. You don't want the emails, Tony. So I'll go with descriptive. So she's wearing that in like a vest. And I don't know, I guess this is supposed to be shocking. And the story is, as Rolling Stone puts it out, Kristen Stewart, Rolling Stone's March cover star, just wants to quote, do the gayest thing you've ever seen in your life. What? What? What What do you... What is this? The gayest thing we've ever seen in our life? Kristen, we've seen the Tony Awards. What do you actually think you're going to do here that's going to shock us? And why would the gayest thing ever be dressing like a guy? 
People are weird. We can't be shocked anymore. Okay, Madonna is being dragged across the stage by one of her dancers at a concert. The dancer, male, is wearing high heels. He trips. She falls off the chair. Madonna at 143 years old. Madonna makes Joe Biden look young and with it. That's pretty shocking. Madonna still delivering. Kristen Stewart, who... What is this? No one cares. But it's still getting play. This happened like last week. I was like, oh, next. It's still getting play. Less trying to shock us and less thinking that you're doing something shocking. Just go be a decent person. You're gay. There. You got your applause. Now go live your life. Please. And if you think wearing men's underwear or or men's products is somehow gay, I don't I don't think you understand what gay is. And it'd be weird if I would have to be the one who explains it to you. Like super duper super duper weird. Tony Katz, 93 WIBC, good morning. Solo Cup is the best receptacle for barbecues, tailgates, fairs, and festivals, and you, sir, do not have a pair of festivals that you prefer drinking from glass. So I, for the first time in, I want to say it's 15 years, I'm trying to go back, I'm going to say it's the first time in 15 years, I will not be at CPAC, the Conservative Political Action Conference. Not going. Just looked at the timing, looked at some of the other opportunities and said, nope. And there were some changes to CPAC. I I will never, ever lie to you, including how they were doing Radio Row. And making that change, it meant we didn't know whether we were going to be able to, to get some interviews done. We had no idea if we were going to be able to connect with people. They're making it too difficult. We're not we're not going. Well, of course, you knew that that uh, Trump was going to, to show up and you're like, OK, but we know this from the conservative political action conference. They've already come out and said this is our nominee. Uh, they weren't even waiting. And then you find out that Bukele is showing up. And you're like, oh, you were talking about the president of El Salvador who just won re-election. He is throwing people in jail like it's his job. You, you're a criminal, you're going to jail. And he is showing off videos of how they treat people in jail. You don't want this. You better act right. But Kaylee is fascinating in that he was one of the first people I ever heard say, the reason people are leaving for the United States, yeah, that's our fault. We're not offering enough of an incentive to stay. And we're the ones who suffer. It's not, oh, look at the remittances they send back, the money that gets sent back. Where do we have our people to be able to to grow a society? And then you get Javier Malay, the new president of Argentina, who has been 
on fire. And Fuego, I believe, as the people say, uh, he has uh, visited uh, Israel, praying at the wall. He Did he convert? Is he Jewish? I thought I had caught that somewhere. Uh, he is the guy who said we're going to get rid of this popular uh, or, or this government program and that government program. We're going to change this. Re- He's been doing it all. He is now going to be at CPAC, and uh, this is this this is the year I chose not to go. <laughs> First, can I just say security is going to be insane. It's going to be nuts. I have been there when they when when Secret Service is, has to set up. Oh, it just takes forever and a day. It does. So this is all happening now. This starts tomorrow. I I will still be able to. Uh, Still be able to bring you the, uh, the the speeches and everything else. But now I'm curious as to how many people are showing up. This gets more interesting. One of the other stories of CPAC is that the normal 200-something dollar ticket price, 95 bucks. What's with the fire sale? You're not, you're not having the radio row the way you used to. There's going to be no chance for us to, to share with an audience. $95? Do you not want anybody to cover it while you're basically begging for an audience? Well, now they may get the people. They, people may now show up. But it didn't look that way. And I don't know how it's going. Last year, empty. It was. It was what it was. It was empty. Now I'm also hearing that they've moved the radio row back, realizing maybe they made a mistake. Got to make your decisions in life. I leave for Israel next week. This was the decision we made. But it's interesting that these are, are, are the speakers and people are going to say, see, look, this is, this is that, that populism that's taking hold. I, I have concerns because populism is not a, a smart approach to a stable society. It just isn't. But is there something so wrong with these leaders, Bukele and and Malay, making the moves necessary to get their nations out of this horror show? They got elected. There there wasn't a, a military junta. They didn't take over. They got elected to do these things. Be curious to hear what it is they say and how they are. Well, I know how they're going to be responded to. But what it is they say, I'll be paying attention. I'll share it here.